your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets. We are the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We've got a special weekend episode for you here. Uh, we're going to finish off our central breakdown division, talking about Nashville and Tampa Bay. Uh, and I have some Pierre-Luc Dubois talk as well. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll jump right in, talking about the Predators. The Prince were... A worse team than their record suggested last season, I think. Um, obviously, they got upset in the play-ins. Uh, they lost to Arizona in four games. Uh, and, I don't know, they just they seem like a team that doesn't really know who or what they are. They had a lot of money locked up in uh, Matt Duchesne, who has been very underwhelming for them. Ryan Johansson, who has been even more underwhelming. Uh, Nick Benino who is fine but was massively overpaid. Uh, he's no longer with the team. Uh, Mikhail Granlund has gone as well. So, you know, they're in a little bit of a better position cap-wise. They've picked up a couple of guys on D, uh, Matt Benning, Mark, Bo- uh, Mark Borvietsky, uh, who I really like as a person and as a defenseman, uh, and Luke Cunningham, who is a much cheaper option for centre than either Benino or Granlund. Um it's very uh the thing about nashville is they seem to be needing to rebuild without actually having gone through the phase of being really bad they've just kind of been average ish for the past you know little while um matt duchene could still be you know a very good player i think he's overpaid for what he is but you know that's that's in the past obviously roman yossi is he was the best defenseman in the league last year. He won the Norris and he deserved to. Um, although, just as a side note, I wish people would stop equating offence uh, to good defence. Um, just because a player scores a lot of goals as a defenseman does not make does not make them a good defenseman. Um, but that is that is a rant for another podcast. Um, Ryan Ellis is is a very good defenseman as well. Uh, and then they have you know Pecorine, who has been one of the best goalies in the league for a while. Uh, he's getting a little bit older. They've kind of he's conceding the net a little bit to UC Saros, who again is perfectly serviceable. Uh, but that appears to just kind of be what Nashville is. They are an aggressively serviceable team. Uh, I know the the Locks and Preds guys said that they saw them finishing fourth above Columbus. I don't. I don't think so. I think they could probably make it close. I think they have a little bit of an advantage in terms of familiarity with uh, with the other teams. They play against most of the other teams regularly um, with, you know, the Stars and the Stars and the Blackhawks. So, you know, there's there's that. I think familiarity is, is not necessarily a good thing, but it will probably help them. Um, and beyond that, I just, I don't know if Nashville has all that much that can challenge the Blue Jackets. Um, they can score more goals than us, but, you know, as I've said multiple times, they can score, you know, it's very easy to score more goals than the Blue Jackets. Um, our defence, I think, is slightly better. 
Um, although it remains to be seen kind of how the Nashville defence is going to shake out with the new additions. And uh, obviously Columbus hasn't solidified that bottom pair yet. But let's be honest, uh, our top four, I think, is one of the strongest top fours in the division, if not the league. Uh, so, you know, I think we probably we beat them in defence. Uh, and I think it's really a toss-up for goaltending. Um, if we get last season Corpusalo, you know, then we are home free. If we get a different Corpusalo, you know, it could be a little bit more kind of up in the air. Um and it, again, it depends on who Nashville decides that they want to go with. Uh, I suspect they'll probably roll with Saros to start with, uh, but I don't think he will get much. Uh, I don't know how long his leash is going to be. I think if he starts to struggle, they can and they will put Pecorino in uh, because Pecorino is still being paid like a starting goalie, and I don't think um, I don't think he'll be particularly happy to sit on the bench for long periods of time. I think. As he gets older, you know, they are going to want to ease off his starts. I think Saro's played most of the playoffs. I don't know uh, whether that was because Rene was injured or not. I feel like he was a bit banged up. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see who who is the, the home opener starting goalie. Uh, you know, in the same way that the Blue Jackets. Uh, I don't really know who their starting goalie is going to be. Although I suspect it's going to be Corpusalo. Um Especially because apparently Elvis didn't practice today. He was, quote, unfit to play, but it was not due to COVID. So who knows what that means? Uh, not me and not any of the beats, apparently, because Kekalainen just kept saying that it's within uh, line with the league's protocols. So we'll see. Maybe he'll be back. Uh, I think they're, they're off tomorrow. Maybe he'll be back on Monday. Who knows? Um, but in terms of in terms of Blue Jackets versus Nashville, I think it probably will be a more even series than a lot of people think. Uh, and I would probably, yeah, split the difference and say four wins for each, probably with some a bunch of overtime in there because there's nothing the Blue Jackets love like overtime. Um, I mentioned a minute. Uh, we've got the last team on our uh, Central Division matchup, the Tampa Bay Lightning. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Bet Online. Uh, college football is heading into bowl season. You know, there's some big matchups coming this weekend. There's some big matchups happening right now. Uh, the NFL regular season is finishing up. The playoff picture is getting really clear over there. Uh, the NBA is back. The uh, NHL will be back in five days, which is very exciting. And, you know, there's only one place that has you covered, and there's only one place we trust for uh, sports betting, and that is betonline.ag. If you sign up for a free account today, use promo code LOCKEDON, or one word, you get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Uh, you know, why don't you place a bet on who's going to win the Norris? You know, Roman Yossi is up there. Uh, Seth Jones is is in the mix. You know, those are that's going to be the story of that series. I think is going to be Yossi versus Jones. So you know, maybe maybe make a bet on one of those guys winning the Norris. Uh, but don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget the promo code is locked on to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're going to be picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. I was kind of hoping that we wouldn't have to put up with Tampa Bay this season. Um, Not for any kind of particularly strong reason. I'm just kind of tired of the narrative of they, you know, we we broke them a season ago and then they came back and, you know, quote-unquote slayed the beast. Uh, It's going to be an interesting Tampa Bay team, I think. Obviously, they're without Nikita Kucherov for most, if not all, of the season. Uh, But they haven't really added anyone to make up for that. They've got rid of Zach Bogosian and Kevin Shattenkirk. Neither of those guys are going to be back. Uh, they tried really hard to get rid of Tyler Johnson, but they're stuck paying $4 million for him. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, we'll have to see if they have some kind of cup hangover. Uh, and, you know, beyond that, even even if they do have a cup hangover, even if they are missing Kucherov, even if they are missing Stamkos, which I suspect they will be, they're still a very, very good team. If Braden Point keeps doing what he's doing, and, you know, they have a lot of guys that I feel like are kind of on on the edge of being really, really good. And if you have a lot of guys that are on the edge of being really, really good, then, you know, that's that's kind of all you need. I'd rather have 10 very, very good guys than one star, I think. Um, In terms of, like, the matchup, I still think that we have the edge in goaltending. Uh, My biggest issue with Tampa Bay is that Andre Vasilevsky is not as good as people say that he is. I think he's good. You know, obviously he won the cup. Uh, I don't think he should have been nominated for the Vesna last season. He was 12th or 14th in save percentage and goals allowed against average. Uh, the only reason he was up there is because he had 40-something wins in 69 games or whatever it was. But wins is not a goaltending stat. Wins is a team stat. Uh, and to an extent, like, goals allowed against average is also a team stat. Uh, really, the Vesna should be awarded based on save percentage and the like. But, again, that is yet another rant for yet another time. Uh... So yeah, I think we have better goaltending, um, which seems like a ridiculous thing to say, but I'm standing by it. Uh, I think our defense is better. Uh, again, Victor Hedman is quite is a very good defenseman. I don't know that he's a Norris candidate defenseman. He's again, he's very offensively minded, and it bothers me that people keep saying that offensively minded defensemen are automatically good defensemen. Um, their forward group has us beaten, like, no no doubt. Um, even if we had, you know, a full complement, even if we had picked up Taylor Hall, even if we got to keep Gus Nyquist for the season, they'd still be, you know, head and shoulders above us. Um, missing Nikita Kucherov closes that gap a little bit. Uh, Stamkos is still a bit of a question mark, uh, but he's getting... He's getting older. I don't know how much of an impact he's going to have. Uh, I don't think 
that he will have as much impact as people want him to. Um, I just, I he hasn't really been the same since since getting back from uh, the broken leg. I don't think. Um, but you know, there is something to be said for a team that's won the cup. We haven't done it, you know. Uh, so let's see. Maybe the shorter shorter season will be good for them. Uh, maybe maybe it won't be. Maybe they will take a second. Maybe it'll you know the, again the cup hangover. Maybe it'll take them a minute to kind of find their feet. And honestly, that's what it seemed like was happening at the start of the uh, twenty twenty one the 1920 season, apologies, uh, you know, they were middling when, you know, to start the season, and then suddenly everything, everything blew up, uh, and it was probably because their cup hopes were, you know, finished four games into the playoffs. We swept them, uh, and it took them a little bit to recover, so I'll be interested to see if they can kind of keep the momentum from their cup win, I guess, is what I'm saying. Uh, it could very easily go either way. Um, however, I do think that regardless of cup hangover, I do think that the Tampa Bay Lightning will finish at the top of the division, and they will probably beat us at least five of the eight games, probably more. But as long as we... Well, we can't have another 5 OT game, because that's not how the regular season works, but... If we could never have another game like that, uh, I would be thrilled because that was harrowing for me and also for all of the players, I imagine. Um, so we'll just kind of do a quick roundup in terms of like where I think people are going to finish. Uh, and I think, honestly, so uh, my ranking is uh, Tampa Bay at the top, I think Carolina second, uh, I think the Blue Jackets third, Dallas fourth. Those are our playoff teams. Uh, and then Nashville, then Florida, then Chicago, and then Detroit. Uh, I don't think anything I've said there has been a particularly hot take. I know people are expecting good things of Dallas, maybe better than fourth in the division. But again, they're missing, you know, two two or three big pieces that I don't know that they can kind of recover from there. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. I'm actually really excited for this season. Uh, you know, we're going to get to see some teams that we don't get to see a lot of, uh, playing, you know, three or four games in a row against the same opponent. That's going to breed some, uh, resentment, I guess is the, is the best word to use there. And, you know, uh, it's it's always fun. I would like to see Nick Foligno uh, beat Jamie Benn up again, but you know that's that is just me. Uh, I recognise that I am me in the minority there. Uh, so coming up in a minute, uh, we started off the week talking about Pierre Luc Dubois, and we're going to finish the week talking about Pierre Luc Dubois. Uh, this week on the Locked On NHL podcast, get ready for the start of the regular season with Sarah Avampato and the Locked On NHL season preview series. We've got previews of all 31 NHL teams, division by division, and who to pick up and drop in your fantasy league, courtesy of Locked On fantasy host, Scott Cullen. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get podcasts. 
Yep, all four episodes are up on the Lockdown NHL feed now, so you should go listen to those, especially the Central Division, because I'm in it. Talking about, as always, the Blue Jackets. Man, so the thing about Pierre-Luc Dubois is it all seems to have kind of unraveled very quickly in terms of he didn't sign, he didn't sign. When I spoke to Jeff Saboda, he was certain that Dubois was going to sign. And then 31st of December, he signed, he, there's rumbling that he wants a trade, reported by um, Ken Holland, I believe. Uh, and then Portsline picks up on that, makes some kind of melodramatic tweets. 20 minutes later, Dubois signs couple of days after that, uh, Pierre Lebrun, I believe, uh, comments uh, on his on a radio interview that apparently a, t- uh, a Blue Jackets player mentioned that Dubois wants out of Columbus, it's nothing to do with the team, it's nothing to do with Tortorella, anything like that, it's nothing to do with the contract talks, he wants, quote, a bigger stage, end quote, which honestly... I try not to swear on this show, but honestly, that really pissed me off. Um, Because it seems like it keeps happening, where guys come into Columbus, they play there for a couple of years, they realise that they're good, and then they're like, oh, I don't have to stay here. I can go to, quote, a big stage. That was kind of the thing with Artemi Panarin. He wanted a bigger stage, and he ended up in New York. You know, uh... And it's really frustrating because you're, what, 22? You know, is he, I don't even know if he is even 22 yet. He's played three seasons. There have been three very good seasons for the Blue Jackets, obviously. Um, and suddenly he thinks that he can go and be a star in, you know, Toronto or Montreal or Pittsburgh, wherever, you know? Um and it's just, it's really frustrating as a fan, as someone who covers the show, to have players that you like who visibly and explicitly don't want to play for your team. Uh, and kind of when this happened, like this happened with uh, Bobrovsky a little bit, when it was like, I don't want to stay in Columbus, like they're allowed to do what they want, you know, they don't owe the team anything. But equally if they want to go then go i don't begrudge them like i don't think that we should force them to stay because they clearly don't want to be here and if they don't want to be here then they can leave like that's kind of that's kind of where i'm at with it is okay fine you want to go then then go uh obviously kekalainen is still holding all the cards he's talked about you know he's not gonna just rush out and trade dubois to the first person that comes calling um, but at this point, it's like, uh, for me as a hockey fan, I tend to get pretty emotionally invested in the players as well as the game, and I got pretty emotionally invested in Dubois as a player and as a person, um, you know, when everyone said that he was the wrong person to draft, that we should have drafted Puyavi, I kind of was like, no, okay, if you're all gonna talk like that, then I'm gonna ride or die for Dubois. And for him to kind of turn around and say that he wants to play 
somewhere else, you know, like Edmonton or wherever. It's like, okay, fine, go, enjoy your media exposure, enjoy not being the number one centre, because let's be honest, Dubois is the number one centre on this team. I don't know how many other teams he will be a number one centre on. Toronto? No, he's not getting ahead of Matthews. He's not getting ahead of McDavid in Edmonton. Um, he's not getting ahead of Crosby or Malkin in Pittsburgh. Like, he could probably be a number one centre in Montreal, so maybe, like, that's on his list. But it's just, it feels like a bit of a kick in the teeth that we've invested in him. Not even necessarily as a team, but again, like, as, a, as like, emotionally invested in him. And he wants to go somewhere else because, I don't know, he wants to be on TV more, I guess. Like, I don't know how to break it to you that you know, even if you go play in Toronto, the average person is still not going to know your name on the street, like, but that's just my opinion, um, next week, uh, I'm going to sit down with Sarah Avampato of Locked on Kings, and probably a couple of other hosts, and we're going to try and, uh, thrash out some trade proposals that we think might work, uh, I know personally I'm not giving up Dubois for anything less than a number one centre and something else, uh, but you know we'll see what we'll see what the other teams have to offer. So that is that is next week, uh, and the season starts next week. So we'll probably have some some actual hockey to discuss, which is exciting. Uh, but until then, goodbye.